0: In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. That was pretty wonderful. I love seeing all that blessing. I think they are going to experience blessings. You know, blessings uh, is another name for sort of the values of our life, the rewards of our life. Most of us are pretty aware of what things we consider rewarding. Uh, We get trained early on on the monetary rewards of life as a way of securing for ourselves safety and uh, possibilities. And so we get good at that. I wouldn't be able to um, speak to you about how to do that well, be one of those uh, sort of financial uh, gurus that walks up and down and around and tells you exactly how you can amass the most wealth. Possibly some of you know a lot about that, but I would not be the one uh, to be able to do that. You know, if a couple of friends got together and they knew each other and trusted each other and they exchanged their own personal ideas about what they consider rewarding in this life, once they learned that about each other, they would really know each other because they would know what each of them considers valuable. In our lessons today, we heard about Abraham, who before the great fulfillment of promise of his descendants was called Abram. So Abraham was in his initial conversation with God, and God assured him that he would be greatly rewarded. Following God, he would be greatly rewarded. And what Abram's uh, mind instantly went toward was children, was offspring, his descendants. And he said, Now, Lord, how in the world could that be since we have no children and we can't have? And the Lord asked him to look up at the stars. They had an amazing dark sky with brilliant millions of stars to see. And he said, look up there, count the stars if you're able, so shall your descendants be. It was amazing to him. And so began his journey. He'd lost everything, having followed like the Lord asked him to, left all the riches, all the treasures of his heritage, his family, and now God was promising him a new kind of way to trust in the Lord. Well, Jesus is speaking about rewards as well. He's speaking about treasures. And he tells his disciples, and so he tells you and me, don't store up for yourselves treasures that go away. Store for yourself make purses for yourselves with treasures eternal that will not be corrupted, that will not be eaten up and gone. He says, where your heart is, there will your treasure be. And the the reverse is true. Wherever your treasure is, there is your heart. Right? Well, I, I was recently in Colorado, and... I got for myself a, a bag, a book bag. It's a kind of a, a purse. It's not a backpack. It's more of a hip bag, right? And uh, I I actually had it out so that Father Bob's blessing for the backpacks would stream over this altar and hit my book bag as well. And uh, the treasures that I usually keep in here are the books that I'm carrying home and carrying back to the office and you probably think of, of, of books or other ways that you gain knowledge and information as quite a treasure yourself, don't you? Um, they are. They are because you grow when you learn. The kinds of uh, treasures I'd like to uh, drop here into our awareness are ones we know a lot about already. They are habits of the faith. They are the kinds of things that prepare us for heaven. They make us ready for our relationship with God to grow and to deepen, and uh, they don't go away because they make us great citizens of heaven in the here and now so that we will know ourselves to be citizens always of the kingdom of God. Now, the ones I want to talk about, I'm going to end with the, last, with a, with the one we're most familiar with, which is this gathering itself, uh, the Eucharist. But the ones I've been cultivating, the treasures I've been cultivating in my own life, have been, uh, one has mostly to do with prayer. It's uh, uh, wonderful to know that there are a couple of kinds of prayer— There is the kind that is filled up with um, ideas, concepts, words, requests, praises, thanksgivings, adoration of God. You know, that's the kind of prayer that we're taught early on, and we never stop learning about that amazing treasure of prayer. Another angle of prayer is, is not rich in content like that. It's not about ideas, words, images, metaphors, requests. It's about quiet. It is uh, like I like to think of the, the, like the 3S ranch, you know, silence, stillness and simplicity. So, one of the kinds of uh, treasures that can go in our bag is the habit of prayer. And I have these uh, five smooth stones. There's a story about that in the Bible. And so, this stone in my bag represents prayer. Another two have to do with Scripture. And uh, we cultivate in ourselves an awareness and a deep holding of Scripture in our lives. Um, The two habits of the faith that I like to emphasize and I'm trying to learn to deepen are uh, the morning and evening prayer, something we call the daily office, which has us exposed to lots and lots of Scripture— It centers on the Psalms, but also includes Old Testament and New Testament reading, and it's a beautiful way to absorb Scripture. So there's a stone there. There's another kind that's less known, although it's quite ancient, and it goes with some of the monastic tradition. In the Latin, it's called Lectio Divina, and that's the Latin for divine reading, It was uh, very early in the monastic tradition and picked up by maybe the father of Western monasticism, Benedict. And uh, it's a kind of meditative absorption and experiencing of the word in prayer. So that is a wonderful uh, treasure to have in your purse. Now, these last two... Uh, This is very little known, uh, although it's practiced informally in the church all the time, and you're probably practicing a simple form of this. It's called spiritual direction. It's a kind of companioning with somebody so that your story, as it goes through your mind, has an outlet for somebody else's ears, and you can be heard by a spiritual director, listened to and heard, so that in the time of sharing like that, you can, in fact, cultivate a better awareness, a clearer awareness of what God is up to in your life. I want to explore all these uh, treasures that I'm talking in the, in the uh, upcoming full season one way or another, maybe on Sundays or on some other day of the week. So spiritual direction as a treasure. The last one is the one we're most familiar with. And it is the Eucharist itself or the liturgical life of the church. An amazing representative treasure in our lives. You know, the most obvious treasure that you experience in the Eucharist is the treasure of one another. The fact that you are here assembled with the body of Christ. You're here together. You are a treasure to all the others, and they are a treasure to you. Uh, This past week, I think every August 10th, is St. Lawrence Day. Now, Lawrence was uh, an early deacon in the church, probably third century. Now, listen, this this is a tough story, But I just want to say that that Lawrence was in charge of the treasury of the church so that people could be cared for, uh, uh, orphans and widows and people that were sick and people in need, and he was the one to take care of uh, providing. But he also preached and uh, uh, did uh, all kinds of service uh, for the body of Christ. It was the age of persecution and it was dangerous to be a Christian. And so Lawrence, uh, at one point, was, was captured. And uh, they must have known. The Roman authorities said, hand over the treasures of the church. And he said, well, I'm going to need some time to get it together. And so he went around and he got a number of his fellow Christians to come with him to the authorities. And they were surrounded by these other believers who courageously came forward when the faith was illicit in the Roman way. And so he said "Uh, here, here are the treasures of the church. Well, that was a beautiful thing for him to do and quite a message. But to the authorities, uh, it was belligerence. And so for that, he gave himself with the ultimate sacrifice. He was tortured and killed uh, for that act of declaring the value of one another in the body of Christ. Well, with one another, what we do is we partake of Christ's body and blood. We take the bread. We take a, a bit of the wine. And in that, Christ is made present in a very real way. Christ is represented to us. And we internalize Christ physically to remind us that there is never a place and never a time where Christ is not present in our lives. In the very chapel of our hearts, going with us always and everywhere. We here read the scriptures like we did this morning from Genesis and from Psalm 33, from Hebrews and from Luke. And this scripture is a treasure. We feel it in our hearts, we think about it with our minds and it informs us. We recognize ourselves in the beautiful stories and teachings of the Bible. So these are the kinds of ways that we experience the treasure of liturgical worship, where you are the riches. You are the riches, one to another, as you are riches uh, to God. So I hope that you that you find some habits of the faith and get your own five smooth stones or however many you want to have in this purse that does not grow old or go away like this canvas bag eventually will, but yours will be a purse that uh, holds the treasure of God Himself. This last little bit, a historian of the church, Martin Marty, told a beautiful story about one of the founders of Hasidic uh, Judaism, this great uh, rabbi, Rabbi Zalman. He was saying his traditional prayers. And uh, all of a sudden, something came into his heart, and he interrupted his prayers and shifted to this thought. He said, Lord, Lord, I do not want your paradise. I do not want the coming world. I want you. Now you know that that wish, that that reward, is a reward that doesn't go away. Any habit you achieve, if it brings you into closer relationship with the author of life who is always with you, that is an eternal treasure indeed.